When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Series XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, and the ESPN app. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Well, the hot ticket last night, certainly the Browns. And the Steelers Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live with Hot Ticket. Brought to you by Vivid Seats. Well, we saw that two Monday Night Football games last night. The Saints going to 2-0 with their victory over the Carolina Panthers. But the big story, Pittsburgh's win opened and closed the game, basically, with defensive touchdowns. Uh, The pick six on the first throw of the game for Deshaun Watson by Alex Highsmith. Then, basically, the clincher winning it for the Steelers was Highsmith stripping the ball from Deshaun Watson. T.J. Watt running it in for a touchdown. By the way, it's going to be very interesting when it's all said and done, which Watt had the better career, J.J. or T.J.? J.J.'s going to the Hall of Fame. We know that. We know he's been multiple-time defensive player of the year. But T.J. Watt has had a heck of a career so far. Both of them both of them probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame with at least how it's trending right now. But the story of the game is that Nick Chubb gets hurt. Uh, I think properly we don't show the replay on ESPN of the graphic, gruesome injury. Uh, no, none of us on this set think that it was a dirty hit by Minka Fitzpatrick. And... Chubb is now done for the season. And the interesting irony of this, the the sad irony of this, is that the Cleveland Browns had to guarantee Deshaun Watson more money than any other quarterback in history at the time of the acquisition because that was the only way he was going to go there. Mm -hmm. Even during all of his stuff that he had off the field, which is way more important than on-field stuff, the only way they were going to get him is if they paid him more. He chose Cleveland. Yet up until this point, he hasn't been very good, and he really hasn't been the focal point of the offense. This injury now makes Deshaun Watson the focal point of the offense, and I personally am not sitting here sold that he can handle it. Yeah, it's because he failed the test last night. A primetime game, standalone. The rest of the country is watching to see exactly what the Cleveland Browns in 2023 are going to be all about, and you have a chance to send a message not only to a division opponent, a division rival in the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you can send a message to the rest of the National Football League. And last night, what you told us is, that you're not used to prosperity and that you'll get in your own way when it comes to being able to have success. I mean, the Cleveland Browns have only had back-to-back wins three times over the last two years, and Deshaun Watson was supposed to be a big part of being able to change the culture and get this team to the point where they can have sustained success. In that game last night, there was a playoff type of intensity with the physicality, the overall speed of the game, how guys were flying around, hitting each other. And so it's unfortunate that we saw the Nick Chubb injury, but out of that, I think one thing became clear and obvious, that Deshaun Watson is not ready to step up and be the leader that the Cleveland Browns need him to be. There's no way that your quarterback should have two personal fouls that kill two separate drives on your offensive side of the ball. And when you looked across to the other sideline and saw the anemic offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny Pickett, I mean, if you're Deshaun, the first thing in your mind should be to do no harm Every single snap. And yet, you're a part of an offense that has four turnovers, and you personally have two of them, and they lead to defensive scores? That's completely unacceptable. Like I'll give credit where credit is due. 
Pittsburgh took advantage of the miscues of the Cleveland Browns. But let's be clear, the Cleveland Browns gifted that game to Pittsburgh last night. I know it's only week two and that there's a lot of football left to play, but I already feel like the time is running out on Deshaun Watson. When you sign a five-year, fully guaranteed, $230 million contract, you have to be the best player on the field. You have to be the undisputed leader on the field. We know that Nick Chubb, the offense ran through him. We know that he was a leader on the team. And last year, he got a lot of excuses from a lot of people because of all the circumstances that surrounded him coming back to the league. Those are all gone now. Yeah. Those are gone now. And now that Nick Chubb is out, you have to be the full force multiplier. You have to, in that moment, get the football and say, I'm going to be the reason we win this game. I'm going to show you, my team, why we're going to rally together for our teammate, and we're going to go out and beat a rival like the Steelers. And they didn't do that last night. He didn't do that last night. No, he did not. And if you look at the numbers, it's actually crazy to think about his contract. So his contract next year jumps. They're going to have to restructure this to a $63.9 million uh- cap hit. <laughs> oh, you think that's bad? <laughs> The dead cap is $200 million. Oh, The yeah. dead cap is more than the cap. Well, you know why. It's because they had that first year's contract where his base salary was, what, a million bucks? It was like $5 so, an so, hour. So he wouldn't miss that much money with the suspensions that he had to deal with Which was in 2022? I, well, it's what they had to do in order to get the quarterback. Oh, I know. But I know. once you get him, the guy is supposed to give you the return on investment, and Deshaun Watson hasn't done that. Now, we'll see what ends up happening with their offense how it morphs now that Nick Chubb is going to be out of the lineup the rest of the year. Maybe they go back to a system that's similar to what we saw with Deshaun in Houston, where it's more spread looks, where he's operating more out of the gun rather than being under center. I'll be curious to see what ends up happening in the production that he gives you in those circumstances, but that's not what was most alarming about his performance last night. The part that I didn't appreciate was just his his conduct. Like his temperament. As a quarterback, you're supposed to be a stabilizing force. Not getting personal fouls and grabbing guys' face masks and throwing them and slinging them to the ground on the sideline like he did Quan Alexander. That, that, that's absolutely unacceptable. And guys in that locker room are looking to you. So you're the, supposed to be the one that's level-headed. You're supposed to be the one that keeps their poise. You're supposed to be the one that can keep the attention and the focus on executing. And he didn't do that last night. They had eight penalties for 81 yards, and they had three personal fouls. They had four turnovers. That, that's, that is beating yourself in the National Football League. Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, they say it all the time. Before you can win the game, you have to avoid losing the game. And the Cleveland Browns did a terrible job of avoiding losing the game last night. From a talent standpoint, they, they, they are in a different class than the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have more talent, both sides of the ball. That is just a fact. And yet the Pittsburgh Steelers came out of that game with a win. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way. 21 Monday Night Football wins. 21. 21. 21. That, that, in is, a row. that is incredible. In a row. At home. In a row. That is incredible. That just also means you've been around for a long time, by yeah. the way. You've been doing it really, you've been doing it doing it really well for sure. a long time. And so advice to people, which I gave to CeCe and Smalls yesterday. Don't bet against Mike Tomlin. I know. We when you listen. think he's down, when you think he's out, he is never down and out. Like, literally, he's never had a losing season. I want to say one other thing before we get to the Eagles and the Chiefs, the Super Bowl teams from a year ago, about Deshaun Watson. I don't. There's no part of the Nick Chubb injury that is a good thing. No part of it. Period. Next sentence. At some point, the Cleveland Browns were going to have to put this offense on Deshaun Watson. They would have never done it if Nick Chubb was healthy. Now they're going to know if they made a proper investment or not. Now they're going to know. He has to be the guy. In order to win big in this league, your quarterback has to be your best offensive player. And Deshaun Watson has not been. So now now is going to be the litmus test. Can he do this? He could do it in Houston. We know that. 
He has not proven he could do this in Cleveland, and I don't think they would have given him the onus to actually do it and cook, so to speak, if not for this injury. Now, the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, the Eagles and the Chiefs, weird starts, right? The Chiefs are 1-1. One and one. You can make an argument they played better on Monday night or in the, the Thursday night game against the Lions than they did against the Jaguars, the game they won versus the game they lost. And the Eagles are 2-0, and oh, but in a division that you look at and say the Cowboys clearly seem much better than them right now. I look at both of these teams, and maybe I'm wrong about this. CC, you've won a Super Bowl, so you would know this better than we would. I think once you get to that level and once you get to that Super Bowl level, it's probably pretty damn easy to coast in the regular season. Well, I, I think once you have the blueprint, it's easier to be able to replicate it. And I think yeah. that's where I, I have confidence in the Philadelphia Eagles. They have the best quarterback in their division. Now, we used to be able to say they had the best defense and the best pass rush. I don't know that we can do that now with what Michael Parsons and the Cowboys are doing. But the Eagles have been able to win and have sustained success because they're strong on both sides of the ball up front with their offensive line and their defensive line. The thing that concerns me with Philadelphia is the back end and the two new coordinators, the two new play callers on both sides of the ball. There's still an adjustment period going on there, and that's why it feels like Jalen Hurts has been slightly off. Mm -hmm. So I'm anticipating that this team will be a lot better in November and December than they are right now. They're not clicking on all cylinders. But again, to Evan's point, they don't feel like they have to be because they understand that it's a long season and they also understand what the stakes are, what they're playing for, which is a championship. They don't need to be at their best right now. They need to be at their best when they're going into the postseason. And last year, they understood what it takes to get to that point. And so that's why I'm not as concerned about the Philadelphia Eagles. They have the talent to do it. They have the coaching staff. They have all of the things in place. What I will say is this, their margin for error – feels a lot smaller than the Kansas City Chiefs from the standpoint of looking at the other elite teams in the conference. Mm -hmm. The San Francisco 49ers look like the most complete team in all of football. The Dallas Cowboys have the most dynamic defense in all of football. If you're Philadelphia, I would be really, really concerned that those other two teams have come a lot closer to where I'm at as opposed to where the Kansas City Chiefs are. Because the Chiefs still have Pat Mahomes. Right. They still have Andy Reid. They're going to have an opportunity. They're going to be in the postseason. Looking at the landscape of the AFC West, they're going to run away with that division. And so it's a matter of their, them positioning themselves in the regular season for the postseason. Now, Pat Mahomes has never played in a road playoff game before. So if they don't get the number one seed in the AFC, and there's a chance that that might not happen, how would they respond? But again, I, I feel more comfortable with where Kansas City is at today than, than where Philadelphia is at just by virtue of the teams that both of those clubs are going to have to face on their path to trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, both of these teams don't look as dominant as we expected them to. I know that they're coming off wins. They found ways to make it happen, but it seems like they're still getting in that rhythm offensively, especially Kansas City. Travis Kelsey coming back, I know we'll see a better version of him. But, CeCe, how real is the Super Bowl hangover? And at what point, if you haven't clicked and haven't found that rhythm and that dominance, should we be concerned? Because we talk about that. That's one of those terms that we throw out there all the time, a Super Bowl hangover, championship hangover but at what point in the season should you have course corrected or gotten back into that dominant form and I just want to add another question to that how real was your hangover the day after you won the Super Bowl Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing I mean the Super Bowl hangover is real but I mean with the Kansas City Chiefs you don't worry about it because Pat Mahomes is talking about Tom Brady in terms of what he wants his legacy to look like. He's saying, that's the GOAT, that's the guy I'm chasing after. And I don't have a problem with him putting it out on wax. 
What I am concerned with is the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, to get so close and to have that failure, can you then turn around and get back? I mean, the last time we saw a team lose in the Super Bowl and then get back and win it was the New England Patriots, right? Your squad, 2017, 2018. I mean, so it, it, it takes a special group of guys and it takes a special coaching staff to be able to survive the, the war of attrition, not only with injuries, but also the defections because you win at such a high level and still have that success where you can get back to the big game. Can Philadelphia overcome all of those offseason losses with the coaching staff, losing both coordinators, losing guys on the defensive side of the ball? Can you do that remains to be seen. I will bet on Jalen Hurts because of the leadership intangibles. Uh, but I would say this. I think they have a tougher road to tow to get back to the Super Bowl through the, the NFC juggernauts than the Kansas City Chiefs do the, in the AFC. And I, couldn't be, I can't believe I'm saying that because it, it, yeah, it felt like yeah. it would be different coming into the regular season sure. yep. with the AFC being the stronger of the two conferences. Uh, your head coach from the Giants, who you want to Super Bowl with, Tom Coughlin, is going to join us in 20 minutes. You conveniently did not answer my question. Why, why do you? I mean, how, listen, how great was the party post Super Bowl? The parties were great. It was yeah. awesome. I mean, going to a concert that had you know Jay Z standalone at Carnegie Hall and having box seats was pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> having a parade with three million people and not being sober for a moment of it was freaking <laughs> amazing. But I didn't have a chance to enjoy the entire offseason because I had to have two surgeries after the Super Bowl. So I had about a week of partying and then about six months of recovery. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I didn't get to fully enjoy it. It sounds like you did, though, for that one uh, week. Yeah, though. well, listen, I'm, How, still, you, I'm, still, I'm still living off of that Super Bowl, <laughs> so I'm still enjoying it. The alarm is going off around a few NFL teams. We will get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Loma Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Series XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app. We are about uh, 15 minutes away from Tom Coughlin joining us, former head coach, Giants and Jaguars. Hey, now. CC's head coach, 
with the Giants. Super Bowl winning, two-time Super Bowl winning head coach Tom Coughlin. Yeah, I'm aware. Put some respect on it. I, I know, I know. Uh, so we are going to sound the alarm for some of the teams around the league right now, and if they should be sounding the alarm, kind of like what happened yesterday when on the Pat McAfee Show, noon until 3 Eastern time on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and ESPN YouTube uh, channel, Adam Schefter, phenomenal ESPN NFL insider, was on. And, um, well, listen to what happened with an alarm yesterday with uh, McAfee and Schefter. I can feel it coming in the air this is what you get at a hotel in Bristol, okay? What? I'm well, telling you. Our singing, yeah. obviously, just set off some yeah. alarms. Yeah. Let them know we got that fire for the rest of the day if they need it. Be I'm safe. in trouble. So, a couple of things. <laughs> First of all, ESPN debuted the Chris Stapleton in the air tonight with Snoop Dogg last night, which was amazing. That was dope. Monday Night Football. So that was dope. But I saw this and heard this, and all I could think about is, is that coincidence or real? Because if that's real, and singing somehow could do that, the amount of alarms that we set off in our short time doing on sports, <laughs> like, we sing every morning. So do we have to have 30 seconds right now of us singing to try to set off an alarm? No, I don't think we need to do that. Why 20 would we punish, no, no. Why we would don't we punish America? Let it be organic when it comes out. I want out. to set off alarms. Okay, we, we are hey, setting Alexa. We are setting off alarms. We do it every show. It's, we let, let's let Javante, let Javante get us in the mood with the rejoin music, and we'll sing along, and we'll set off alarms. Yeah, let us know, add on Sports yeah. ESPN, if we set off your alarm by actually just singing. And how about Schefter at the end? I'm in trouble, and then it cuts <laughs> off. Exactly, I love it. <laughs> All right, let's go through some teams. Are we ready to uh, set off the alarm with these teams, Schefter and McAfee style? Let's start with the Bengals. These are 0-2 teams. Are we setting off the alarm? Hell yeah, we're setting off the alarm. Joe Burrow ain't healthy. That's a problem. Anytime a team's starting quarterback goes down, down, it's an issue, let alone a guy that's considered the second or third best quarterback in the National Football League. Now, they started out 0-2, but it's not a normal 0-2. It's 0-2 in the division. And since division realignment in 2002, the six other teams that started out 0-2 in the division, guess what? They didn't make the playoffs. So, yeah, sound the alarm for the Cincinnati Bengals. The alarm is going off, and it's going off very loudly. It's going off like Adam Schefter's hotel room. Because if Joe Burrow's not healthy, the Bengals are not in it. And that's they, the alarm. Right that's there. the alarm. Yep. If he if he's not there, you're not talking about them as, as a contender at all. Uh, I totally agree. It's his calf that's the alarm. All right, 0-2, Chargers, Smalls, let's start with you on this. Are we setting off the alarm? It's beeping. It's like one of those those uh, <laughs> smoke detector batteries that is expiring. Oh, so annoying. So annoying. It's beeping but it's not sounding just yet. I think it's beeping because of the coach. I think Brandon Staley is causing the alarm to beep a little bit, but with Justin Herbert under center, I think that they're going to find a way to course correct a little bit, so I'm not too, too concerned, but I am wondering what's going to happen with the coaching staff throughout the season. I'm sounding the alarm. Nobody is better at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory than the (laughs) L.A. Chargers under Brandon Staley. I mean, think about it. This is a team that leads the NFL since last season in games where they've lost, where they've had double-digit leads. It's absolutely unacceptable. They have the talent to be an upper echelon team, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't come together. And I'm starting to point to that reason being the head coach. Now, Smalls is saying that the alarm is beeping right now like a smoke detector. If they lose on the road in Minnesota this weekend, I mean, it's blaring in terms of where we're at with our level of concern with this Charger squad. All right, the Denver Broncos, Smalls. It's been going off since last season. It's just a continuation of the alarm, this alarm being ri- being uh, sounded. I know you're a Russ guy. Is the alarm not going off for you? Uh, it, it, I put it on snooze. It went on. <laughs> it's like a little it. bit early. I snoozed it. Oh, I'm waiting a little bit. It's on snooze. I got a little snooze going on okay, right now. Well, I still got an extra 10 minutes to sleep. It's on for me because this has to work out 
for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And so far through two weeks, I'm not feeling warm and fuzzy that we're going to see a different version of him. Yeah, I, I can't buy into it either. I, I think I'm worried as well. It's huge concern. And it's what it looks like. I know people want to focus on the numbers when it comes to Russell Wilson and Rex Ryan throwing out how the Broncos lead the league in points per drive. But all I'm looking at is the missed throws that I've seen from Russell Wilson. And these are not throws that are downfield throws. We're talking about throws that are inside of 10 yards where Russell Wilson has got to put it on his receivers, and he's just missing guys. The one that that, that I point to is on the second-to-last drive in that game against the Washington Commanders in the red zone. You got second and four. All you got to do is put it on your tight end, Adam Trotman, on an in-breaking route in the end zone. It's a touchdown, and you missed the throw badly. I just don't understand how a quarterback that gets paid $49 million a year misses those types of throws. And so I get that Sean Payton is a guru and a genius when it comes to the X's and O's, but I don't know that he's going to be able to fix Russell Wilson, and I don't know that Russ is completely bought in to that style of play. All right, Viking Small, sounding the alarm yesterday? Yeah, it's there. We know that that 13-4 record last year was a bit of an illusion, those close games, 11 close one-score games with the Vikings. I think that the luck has just run out for them, and we're seeing what this team really is. Yeah, sounding the alarm for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, Kirk Cousins ain't going to be on this team come the trade deadline. They're going to move him, and I think this is a not a rebuild but a reset for the Minnesota Vikings, especially at the quarterback spot. So sound the alarm. They did it in the offseason. Nobody noticed. Nobody noticed that they actually rebuilt their team a little bit or started to in the offseason. Patriots, Smalls. I'm actually not. Through two games, the Patriots have proved to be a tough out. They're better than I expected them to be, especially, I mean, we knew that they would be good defensively, but Mac Jones at times has looked much better. Um, And now with some shifts in that division, I think the Patriots are going to be in a better place than we thought. The alarm is not going off for me. I mean, at this point, we got to stop getting the moral victories and get some real victories. I'm not going to sound the alarm because they have the ultimate slumbuster in Week three, which is the New York Jets quarterback <laughs> by Zach Wilson. But I mean, if you look at their schedule after that, it don't get a whole lot easier. You got the Dallas Cowboys, New Orleans Saints, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, and the Commanders. So good luck with that. So you better get your wins where you can get them. Not sounding the alarm yet because that defense is really good, but you know, it's 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 beeping. It's I, beeping. I just can't focus on the alarm. I got to focus on sleeping and just get get my shut eye in all three <laughs> phases of sleeping. All right, last one. Bears sounding the alarm. Oh my gosh, it's more than one alarm. It's it's when you are so worried about waking up, you set your physical alarm, you set the phone alarm, you have somebody else set an alarm so that they can call you and wake you up. If you're a Bears fan, how do you not feel alarmed with what you've seen out of two weeks, especially from Justin Fields? This was supposed to be the season that he, the Bears finally got the proof that they needed that Justin Fields was going to be the guy. They went out and got DJ Moore, and through two weeks, it's nothing but alarms for the Bears. I just don't understand how you throw an interception on a screenplay backed up in the shadow of your own end zone with a three-point ball game in the fourth quarter. I don't understand how you do that, and I don't understand if you're Luke Getzey how you call back-to-back screenplays. The freaking Tampa Bay Bucks D-line said they knew what was coming. We're showing it on ESPN2 and ESPN. They said they knew what it was coming, and it looks like they knew it was coming. So, yeah, there are some problems now. I would say that Justin Fields, his ability or lack thereof to read out the progression leads the offensive coordinator to call a lot more short passes. But at some point, things have got to change. I think this is getting dangerously close to putting the bus label on Justin Fields. And if that's the case, then they're probably going to be moving on from him. Yeah, right now that alarm is so loud you have to clear out the entire building. You're like, oh, okay, I can't stay in here. It's too loud. I can't do anything. I can't work. I can't sleep. I can't do anything. That ha- That's how loud that alarm is in Chicago right now. All right, coming up. I have an alarm. 
It's a reminder that my team lost two Super Bowls to his team. He was on <laughs> that team. I was a fan of the team. Tom Coughlin, two-time Super Bowl winning head coach of the New York Giants, joins us next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app, along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen. He is Super Bowl champion Chris Canty. That's right, and I have the distinct honor and privilege of bringing on my head coach when I won said Super Bowl, two-time Super Bowl winning head coach Tom Coughlin. And coach, you got to forgive my co-host Evan Cohen because he's a Patriots fan and you are a source of a lot of his anguish as a Pats fan. And I don't understand what he's upset about because they've won six championships. But, coach, I I digress. We will get to your J-Funds champion for Children's Gala on October 13th where you're honoring Coach Brian Dayball. But I wanted to ask you, what do you think the ceiling for our New York Giants is based on what you've seen from them through the first two weeks of the NFL regular season? Well, the only way you can talk about that, Chris, and thank you for having me on. Good to talk to you. I love the introduction. Thanks very much for that. That gets me going this morning. But when you're down 60 to nothing and you come back in the second half and win, now that tells me a little bit of something. And of course, Daniel Jones had a great second half. So, I mean, uh, that when you first saw that, sto- that score come across, it was, oh, my goodness. Uh, but the finish and the way they went about it, the second half for Jones, 17 to 21, 259 with two TDs and seven carries for 44 yards. That's a strong second half. And, uh, and of course, the, the, the inspiration is greatly needed because they've got the 49ers this week. Coach, this interview is scheduled for 7.32 a.m. Eastern Time. You called at 7.27 a.m. Eastern Time. Coughlin time is a term. It seems to be real now. Is that such a thing, and what does being on time mean to you? It is real. It's for sure real. And to be honest with you, I started to call at 7.25, but I thought, oh, my goodness, I know how this works, and uh, <laughs> they wouldn't have me on until 7.30. But, uh, you know, it's, as I used to tell my players, it's all about – the the impression that you're going to give about what it means for you to come to work, to be excited about coming to work, for having passion about what you're doing, and for showing that you're interested enough to be there early. I think it's 
you know, it's it's really uh, it doesn't speak well for you if you're not if you're not on time. And uh, I, I I I firmly believe in it. And guys would look at me and scratch their head and say, "Why don't you just set the clocks five minutes?" Well, why am I going to do that? Because it's it's on your shoulders. You're the guy that's going to get to work early and prove to us how important it is to you. Well, Coach, you'll be pleased to know that your former player, Chris Canny, he's on time every day, and he brings that winning attitude to this set every day. But, Coach... Chris didn't, Chris didn't want to get, get fined. No. $500 per minute, and after five minutes, it's a missed meeting. So, yeah, you're right, Coach. I didn't want to you give any it. of that money back. Oh, that's you good to know. We'll have to implement that here. 5000 Oh, my Start gosh. 5000 That's it. Well, Coach, we've only worked with CC for a few weeks. We're still getting to know one another. You've obviously known him. You've worked with him. You've won a championship with him. Can you share with us your favorite Chris Canny story? <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite story. I can tell you this. He was an exciting guy for us to have on our football team, full of energy, full of talent, great size, you know, great desire to be the best that he could be. So it was fun to, to coach a guy like Chris. Talking with Tom Coughlin, two-time Super Bowl winning head coach here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Coach, you have, you've done two unbelievable things in your – well, many, but specifically two. You started a team from scratch, and you won a Super Bowl. What's harder, starting a team from scratch or winning a Super Bowl? Yeah, they're both mountains that are very, very lofty, very difficult to climb. But, uh, you know, when I was 23 years old, I was a head coach – of a division three college football team that started football. So I had gone through a lot of the process, you know, uh, seemingly there was not going to be a, a, another, a duplicate of it. But when the opportunity came to, to literally start the franchise with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the historical significance of it is what motivated me to do it. And the good thing that, that we did in Jacksonville was I started the, the franchise actually a year before we would play. I started in uh, 94, in February, March of 94, and uh, we played, you know, the first season was 95. So uh, the building of a franchise is, uh, as you can imagine, and I hired everybody that had a chance to touch football, touch our football players, be a part of our program. I hired all them with the Jacksonville Jaguar franchise. Then when you come to an established franchise, and fortunately, I had been an assistant coach with the New York Giants, and so I knew of the Giant organization. I knew what it was all about. I knew what uh, the way in which the Mayor and the Tisch family wanted the, the program to be organized. But you're still coming into the NFC East, and you're still coaching against some of the greatest coaches of all time when you uh, when you go to the to the New York Giants at that time. So uh, they're both very difficult. It's very difficult to win, as Chris will tell you in our. In our, uh, in our league, in the NFL, because of the quality of the coaching, quality of the players, and the length of the season, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, but when you get to the top of the mountain, it's one of the greatest feelings professionally, as I say, that you'll ever have in your life. Coach, speaking of difficult times, right now the New York Jets are going through a difficult time with the loss of Aaron Rodgers in week one and Zach Wilson struggling on the road in Dallas in week two. What should be the Jets' plan at the quarterback position, both in the short term and beyond 2023? Well, it's the most difficult thing. And we all, you know, our hearts go out to Aaron, to Aaron Rodgers, to the, really to the Jets. For It was uh, an offseason which was full of hope 
full of excitement, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and, and quickly those uh, hopes came crushing down, at least as far as Aaron Rodgers and Aaron wanting to play this year, wanting to lead the New York Giants or the New, the, uh, New York Jets. But you see, uh, it, it just goes to show you the backup position is so important. And, and hopefully this young man, Wilson, will come around. And, and if not, the Jets obviously are going to be put in that position where they're going to have to see if they can find a veteran to come in there. But that's, that's unfortunately the name of our game. And, you know, when, when you go back to thinking about it, uh, the injury came obviously on a three-step drop, a, a play in which, you know, uh, the ball should come out. And, it, it, you know, it, obviously it was not. It was covered or however it went. I didn't really get to see the afterplay other than the injury many, many times. But a very, very difficult situation. And to, to be honest with you, a terrible thing to have happen to the Jets, but also for the NFL. Coach, I want to go back to what you said about getting to the mountaintop. You've obviously hoisted the Lombardi Trophy. You know what it takes to be a championship football team. Outside of talent and personnel, when you're watching teams today, what are you looking for as defining characteristics that will let Tom Tom Coughlin know this looks like a Super Bowl contender? Well, uh, the combinations, to be honest with you. Uh, The ability to have it all together. I think it's very simply been said that at the quarterback position, at the pass rush position, you've got to have those people in order to have a chance to win in the long run. But, uh, you know, the character of a team, how they play. You know, I always told our team, you know, we're we're trying to win the toughness battle too. It's the the game of football. It's a very physical, physical and demanding game. And it's hard, but it's got to be hard if it's worthwhile. And, you know, I, I, I worry about that sometimes with uh, the things that have been, been done to structure off season and preseason and all of the, that in terms of, you know, I used to get so upset when our players would come rushing in for that first week of, of preseason practice and there'd be a, uh, an automatic uh, day off that had to be given. And I, I just shake my head and these guys don't want a day off. They want to go to work. They want to, they want to be a part of the, of what we're doing, and and I worry about that part of it. No doubt about it, Coach, but one of the things that defined our championship run was the love that we had for one another. And, Coach, I got to tell you, as concerned as you were about us winning football games, you were more concerned about character development. You were more concerned about us being positive influences in our communities. And with that being said, I want to tip my cap to you for the work that you do through the J Fund and helping families that are battling cancer. And so I want you to share with us what is the show us your team social media campaign that you have with Eli Manning? Okay, it's an interesting campaign that we have, and thanks for bringing it up, Chris, because you know that September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So Eli and I got the, together, the J Fund Foundation, Hackensack Meridian, you know, the hospital that, uh, that uh, Eli represents, and we put together this program called Show Us Your Team, Show Us Your Team. And what it's about is awareness. And what we're asking people to do is take a picture of your team. No one fights cancer alone. You have to have a team. And it, it's always comprised of your family. You know, for children, obviously, mom and dad and aunts and uncles and siblings and doctors and, and, and so on and so forth in your community. And so show us a picture of your team. Put it forth and let us recognize the fact that, that you're fighting cancer because we want to help you fight this terrible disease. And, of course, the, the hashtag is show us your team, and the tag is the tcjfund.org 
or TackleKidsCancer.org. And again, it's Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and Eli and I are just trying to step out front and to make people aware of how, how difficult it is for a family when they hear those terrible words, your child has cancer, and what they go through. And the fact that, you know, uh, it, it might be as much as $200,000 a year for medication, seven hundred and $800,000 for a child to be cured of cancer. And, and the question is, are they always, are they cured completely? Of course not. There are, there are after effects with this terrible disease and how it's cured. So that's what we in the J Fund have always been about is we've been, as you know, Chris, because you were uh, nice enough to help us along the way and you've got your own charities and I'm, I'm so proud of the work that you do in that aspect in your community. But I just think that people need to be aware of what families go through when they hear those terrible words. Because let's face it, if you're a two-income family, you become a one-income family. One parent has to become uh, the caregiver for the child. And all of a sudden, things become very, very, very difficult. And if if a family can just focus on getting the child better, for example, as we do with the J Fund, we're gonna we're gonna put a roof over your head. We're gonna put food on your table. We're going to put gas in your tank. We're going to do all those things that are necessary so that the family can concentrate on the child getting better. TCJAYfund.org for more information on Tom Coughlin's J Fund and their gala event on October 13th. Coach, thank you so much for a couple of minutes. All the insight on football, on CC, and most importantly, on curing childhood cancer. We do appreciate your time, Coach. Thank you very much for having me, and good luck with your new show. Thanks, Coach. Love you. There he is, uh, Tom Coughlin, two-time Super Bowl-winning head coach, and he just confirmed Coughlin time is real. Uh, Coming up, (laughs) what will happen over the next three games for Saquon Barkley? We know he's not going to play, but how does that impact his future? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Series XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app. If you missed any of our conversation with two-time Super Bowl winning head coach Tom Coughlin, you can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. One quick follow-up on the Coughlin time thing. Mm-hmm. Can you expl- – because you alluded to it with, with Coach. Yeah. But I would love to hear the deeper explanation of what this – because you alluded to a permanent fine and then a missed meeting. Explain this. Yeah, so it's 
$500 per minute. Ooh. And if you miss five minutes of the meeting, then it counts as a missed meeting. Then it's a $5,000 fine. So that's how it works. Okay, so and when we hear about call fun time a lot, like so if you call if he calls a nine AM meeting, does that mean nine AM or does that mean eight fifty five? It's eight fifty five. So if you're there at nine, it's a five thousand dollar fine. Correct. Eight fifty six, five hundred dollar fine. Yes. Did you ever fifty seven, a thousand dollar fine, and so on and so forth. Yeah. You, you gotta have, figure it out. Did yeah. you ever miss a meeting? No. <laughs> never miss a meeting, would. never late for work. Never. Never. Not in 11 years in the NFL. Wow. No. Were there any teammates that— Yeah, there were some times where I had to sleep in the parking lot because <laughs> we had the night before. We were out of clubs and stuff, and I was like, if, there, if I go home, there's no way I'm going to get up in time totally. in order to make it to work. So go to work and just sleep in the parking lot. Or if I had a key fob, which I did with the Giants, just go in the player's locker room and go to sleep. You can't, listen, if I'm already in the building, then somebody's going to wake me up and yeah, I'll yeah. make sure that I'm at the meetings on time. That was my philosophy. Probably a little misguided. Maybe I shouldn't be hanging out as late as I was, but so be it. You know, it was an NFL player lifestyle. How many times did you say you slept in a locker room? Ooh, I, too many to count. Too many to so count. So, like, if I said, so you played 11 years? 11 years. So, if I said over under 11 once a year? Oh, over. Take the over. <laughs> that might have been over 11 in one season. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you have a lot yeah. of teammates? I was a lot more fun you? when I was in the NFL. <laughs> uh, I, 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 when I hung the jersey up on the wall, we're not just talking about hanging the jersey up from playing football. I'll just put it that way. Did you have a lot of teammates sleeping in the locker room with you? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like I, a sleepover? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, an, adult, an adult sleepover. <laughs> there you go. There we're just going to roll in together. Exactly. Except and for the, when you wake up. <laughs> it's not fun when you wake up. I'm sure. And the coaches don't care about that because you're there, I guess. Well, right? If you do your job, that's all they care about. Just do your job. I still, I wish there was footage of the all-time story, and it's been, it's on some of the 30 for 30s um, that are out there. ESPN Plus is all of them, of Lawrence Taylor walking into practice late with handcuffs on. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Well, it kind of was. I mean, he was kind of great. Yeah, he, was, he was great. It didn't matter at that point, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, so just one more thing on the call time. Was there Were there guys? that didn't understand that coming in and even when he said that fully didn't get it and then would show up at like nine roll in and be like yeah, there, yeah there are always guys that are resistant to it and I'm not going to call any names no, but but there are some guys that just they, they aren't going to understand they just don't get it and TC would say it guys I don't want to take your money but I will and he <laughs> sure as hell did and so it's just one of those things that you understood as a part of the culture show up early to work now if you're just getting there Five minutes early, that's probably a part of the problem, too. Because if we had an 8 o'clock meeting and you're just rolling in at 7.55, which is actually coffin time, 8 o'clock, yeah. that's a problem in and of itself. Get your ass up and get to work. And be did- there at 6.30. Be there at 7. Get there before it's time to actually lock in to team meetings. Because, like TC said, it shows us that you actually give a damn. That matters. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you're saying so many things that are so It is a lot. Here. It is a lot. No, it's amazing. So... Theoretically, I'm going to make $1,000 for this pay period. I show up one minute late. My check comes in at 500 or I'm paying you 500 How does that work? Oh, like the fine they just take out of your check? They take it out of your check. So, so, so you don't, you don't to, see it. You don't see it. It's gone. Oh, so wow. there's some it's administrative gone. work yeah. that actually – there's tax work that goes into Yeah, this. exactly. It's a serious they thing. They just go to the second floor. They take it to accounts payable, and boom, it's out of your check. <laughs> There you go. It's unbelievable. Gone. That you has to be a tough it. lesson to learn. Yeah, some guys learned it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> some guys learned it and a lot. And he never looked the other way. Huh? Like if it was Eli or Strahan, he would never no. look the other way. No, let me tell you something. Somebody that's uncompromising when it comes to their principles and the standard, that is Tom Coughlin. 
Make no mistake about it. It didn't matter who it was, if it's Justin, if it's O.C., if it's Eli, if it's his son-in-law, Chris Sneap. didn't matter. Like, if you're late or if you're doing something that's a finable offense, conduct detrimental to the team, he's going to hold your feet to the fire. Because the one thing he used to always preach at the beginning of team meetings, he said, guys, I am your mirror. All I do is tell you what I see. You decide what kind of team you want to have. And so he had to shoot you straight. And that was the thing that made everybody want to respect him. I think the best coaches have that kind of transparency, and they are their authentic selves, and that's just who TC was. And that money goes where? By the way, the that money goes to, to cha- that goes to the charity. Oh, they can do it. To it charity. goes to charity. Okay, so yeah, they don't it goes- take it back. No, 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 no. It yeah. goes to charity. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of the Giants, uh, we knew that Saquon was going to be out. It seems like three weeks. Adam Schefter reported yesterday an ordinary ankle sprain. Three weeks. The Giants are in big trouble. I mean, let's be honest. They're one and one. They barely beat a tanking team in Arizona, and now they have a game on the road Thursday night against San Francisco. They have Seattle. They have Miami. They're going to drop to one and four. Let's be honest. They're going to be one and four before Saquon Barkley comes back. Yeah, I don't doubt it. It's what it feels like right now. I don't don't feel great about the Giants being in a position where they've got to be overly relying on Daniel Jones. I'm just sitting here looking through some of Daniel Jones' career numbers, and of the games where he has 40 pass attempts or more, you're talking about a guy only having, what, two wins out of a possible 13 games. That's not a good place to be when Daniel Jones is forced to try to win it with his arm. Now, when he does it with his legs – I think you have a good blend, but they've got to have a running game in order to have success. Saquon, not the only running back out. We'll get to who joins him, unfortunately, next. Coming up on Sportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.